What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work. You know what? I gotta admit, what if it did work? I love the song. I love the meaning. Maybe I'm biased, but I love that podcast. One of my favorites. And you know what? I know you're waiting for that episode. So am I. It's one of my favorite episodes. But how about doing something different in your life? How about a free webinar? Hey, I did it. So you know it's good. It's just ask for it. You're going to be like, what's just ask for it? Entrepreneurs, salespeople, everybody in general, you're up at night. You're all bent and twisted. Where's your next sale coming from? Where are the leads? How am I going to get that next referral? Aren't you tired of working in your business and not your business working for you? Aren't you tired of missing out? on all those amazing events, the family functions, the travel soccer games, the graduations, because you're a slave to your business, but not anymore. This will help you compress time so you can live your life. You can live your passions because I know it's not chasing leads and chasing sales. Just ask for it. What will it do? Double your referrals, triple your leads, quadruple your sales. It's all about compressing time. You're going to say, how do I find it? omarmadrano.com backslash webinar backslash. Worst case, omarmadrano.com. You'll find it. Hey, we're like-minded souls. Enough as surviving. Your whole life was meant to be thriving. What if it did work? All righty. You know what, Dave? I'm super excited, not only because it's Holy Week, it's the holiest of week for all, all of us Gentiles and all that. So I, I don't know about you, but I know there's no such thing as randomness. And I know you're one of the most Christian guys, just like me. We're believers and all that. And what better time, what better place than right here, right now? I know nobody's going to listen to this for, like for four or five, six weeks because I'm an overachiever. But the, the one, the only, Dave Fox, how's it going, brother? It's going great, man. Good to be here and and good to to talk to you. And it is a great week. I'm really excited. Um, first Easter with the sun, so it's going to be exciting. I know. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. I know it, it was a process, and I know you and and your your business partner, the, the lovely Brittany Fox, went all the way down the uh, well. My forefathers are from from Colombia, and you adopted a nice. Charming son. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, it was quite it was quite the journey. Two years and a bit was the was the time frame. But you know what? Hey, you know what? The struggle is always real, but once you get that reward, and you know, I, I see you, I, I cyberstalk you, both of you guys on on social media. So you know I comment, but I, I get all misty eyed because you, you guys are great people. Yeah, it's 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 been fun. So so new adventure. I, I, know, I know you're the CEO of Focus GTS. What else is that? How you want besides hus- loving husband, loving Christian, loving father? Is there anything else? CEO? Any other hats you wear that I didn't know about? Oh, Ty Lopez pitch man because you pitched me on yes, yes Ty Lopez for um, What else do I do? I mean, I have a bunch of like little side things that I dabble in, but like Focus GTS is my is my main main vehicle. And and it's really interesting because I don't know, I, I call it like a it's like a real business, you know, like we actually have an office and a lot of employees and like different departments and stuff like that. So it's uh um, hey, I I, I can vouch for it. I can vouch for it because I had the honor of speaking at your office. And I gotta say, you know, I've I've never worked. I've always wanted to work in an environment like that because being in corporate America, it was always 
the other the other way. Everybody talks about teamwork. Everybody always talks about building an environment. Yeah. But you had you built a culture, a yeah. complete culture. Yeah, and it, it's interesting talking about that right now because we're we're actually in the midst of we have some aggressive growth plans, and there's been a lot of talk about um offering more remote work and stuff like that. And being in the staffing and recruiting space, you know, I think it is a disadvantage for companies not to do it. Um, so we're trying to figure out how do we keep that sense of culture in a remote environment because that is that's that's quite a bit different than what we do every single day in, in our office. And being able to duplicate that in some way is going to be a challenge, but something I think we'll be able to figure out. Now I know you're a specialty tech staffing agency, but break it down layman's terms. What is it that Focus GTS offers? And, and what makes you guys because hands down, I'd I'd have to say way above the comp the competition, the competition, the competitors. Yeah. So so what we do, like, yeah, it's it's interesting because most people in this industry don't even know it exists or didn't know it exists when they started. So I started in 12 years ago. I had been in sales for most of college and I ended up getting a finance degree. And I I um first went and worked at a nonprofit in New York, which was a good experience, but it wasn't right for me. And Brittany was actually working with me there too. So we already knew what it was like to work with each other. And then I went and I got a job uh, in accounting and it was so boring, man. Like literally 4.30, I was like counting down the time to get out the door. And you know me now, like that's not the type of mentality that successful people have, right? But like, I get it when somebody just like hates what they do. So, um, So I was like, I have to get back into sales. And I ended up finding a Craigslist ad about this company that had moved to the United States. And luckily, I always make this joke when I'm interviewing people here. I'm like, luckily, when they brought me in, they didn't kill me, right? Because it was Craigslist, dude. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't kill me. I got a job and and then, you know, learned the industry and then we launched here. So what we do is we find highly specialized tech individuals, individuals in the tech field, jobs at companies around the United States, mostly large companies. And... We have two divisions. One finds people actual jobs. And then there's another obvious sub labor market, the United States of contractors. And we also find contractors uh, gigs at these type of companies as well. And some of the you know, large companies we work with is like Royal Caribbean, Adobe, Coinbase, Twitter. So we're working with really, really big, big firms. And I mean, you've always been an outlier. You've always been ahead of the game. I mean, when I first met you, we were talking crypto before, yes. you know, before people ever heard of Shiba, ever heard of. I mean, you're one of the innovators, the adopters, if you think about it. So to me, you're you've always been. I mean, looking at your social media page, you are always marketing your services. You are always marketing your culture. Yeah, and I know people will pick up on that. Other competitors, other because you're always a step ahead of everybody. Yeah, it's interesting because when we started the business in 2018, um, Britt and I, we didn't know how to run a business, right? And the first thing that we ended up getting in was Ty Lopez's mastermind, which was really cool. And then we ended up going to Tony Robbins' business mastery. But I think what's interesting is obviously I met some great people through Ty's mastermind, which is great. Obviously yourself, you know, my good buddy, Renee, right? So we met through there. But the other thing I think it really taught me was the importance of marketing in a business, And when we started Focus, I realized I was like, oh my goodness, like recruiting companies suck at marketing. They're just terrible at it. Like if you like look up the pages on LinkedIn of recruiting companies, their content is garbage. It's like some like stick person pointing at a job and like just awful stuff. So, you know, like you could have been sleeping through those seminars, but you'd pick up something that would make you better than <laughs> half of these other things. So for us, we put a focus on that. And our like fifth hire was a videographer that would basically, I was just like, just film what's going on here and make content out of it. So, but, but it works. Think about it. Yeah. It worked I really mean, well. Years ago when you and I, we were hanging out going to Beverly Hills and yeah. living up with Ty for a year. He had, a videographer, he had a photographer, and literally no matter what was going on, it, there was always content. Whether he said something magical, which was rare, it was usually someone else that he subcontracted, yeah. or it was his business partner. 
where the real nuggets were, but it was all filmed. Yeah. And then they, they it's, it's great for marketing, man. I mean, yeah. think about it. We've been long gone, but I'm pretty certain he still had, he still does his masterminds. Well, I know he still does because I get like the 30 emails a day. Yeah. And I'm sure he's still, yeah, he's got, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because most people would be like, that's such a waste of money paying a photographer to call follow you around, but it's, it's genius. And you know, we, we have a videographer now that for focus, uh, it's actually different than the person that we started with, but he's, he's fantastic. And I mean, I could totally see a day where we have more than one, just be like capture stuff. You never know. Well, I mean, you, you capture stuff that not only is it interesting on a personal level, yeah, but I mean, you create, you create raving fans. I mean, you have me going, Oh my gosh. And, and Hey, I, I'm probably one of the most cynical people and I see it's authentic. I'm, I, I have two degrees that and $2 and 50 cents will get me a USA today and videography being a broadcast yeah. journalist, but your stuff is so on point. Yeah. When you guys have a retreat or when you guys reward the team yeah, and you, you guys film your daily, your morning sessions, which to me, I know Tony talks about it. Everybody you know, cutting edge people, your yeah. hour of power. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting too. You say that I actually, you know, since we, we brought our son home, I haven't actually been able to be at many of the morning sessions. So I kind of miss those, but, um, the, the key is though, it's like, I think it's easy to be motivated and pumped up when you're in a good environment, but it's being able to bring that home and do it to yourself. Right. Like, because not everybody's always there for you. And it's in those moments, those really important moments when it's like, it's just you and you, and you have to make a decision or you have to change something. It's like, those are the times when you need to be able to pump yourself up. You know, now when you hire people, and they're new to the game, new to the company. I mean, when you invited me to speak at your yeah. office, I was thrilled. I, it was like being at Willy Wonka's or at Disneyland for the first time. But you and I have been in the personal development, business development. The masses yeah. haven't. I mean, I'm sure that's like, what did I just get myself into? When they step into your office, they see the incantations, they see the affirmations, they yeah. see everybody jumping around because, you know, motion creates emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we try to prepare them for it as much as possible. So we tell them, right. We're straight up in the interview because the last thing we want to do is waste time hiring someone. There's like, Oh my God, we had one guy, <laughs> we had one guy we hired, man, this guy, um, he, you could tell he didn't like the jumping around. It was really funny. We actually hired him with a, he, he had a great opportunity. Uh, we were we were planning. We've been talking about this for a long time, but we thought about maybe opening an office up north, and and the idea like in in West Palm area, right? Because traffic's just so bad here. Um, so we've talked about you know opening another office, and this guy was probably going to do that. And after four days, he ends up just sending us an email. He's like. It was the funniest thing. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's just offer. And I get it. Not everybody, you know, has what it takes to really push yourself, but I don't want to be in a passive environment. Those, that's the type of environment where people want to be out the door for. Well, passive environment to me, I mean, it creates a revolving door. People come yeah. and go, <laughs> how can you buy into a company if you don't feel like, you you are part of the company. Yeah. No, I it's yeah, and that's 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 what's important. And that's that's one of the reasons because for me, so you mentioned the personal development thing. Like for me, when I started my career, I was pretty good at this job. But it was once I decided I was like, hey, I'm not just a recruiter, I'm a salesperson. I'm gonna take that seriously, I'm going to start studying that. I'm going to learn from great people and all that. And I really took accountability for my own development. And then Brittany started doing that with hers. That's where our whole life changed. That's where it went from like, you know, doing pretty good to doing really good. And, and it was a, it was a real, real change, but now we're like, you know, how do, how do we go back on that? You can't. So then 
it wasn't like you were into personal development in high school or when you got you and Britt were in college. No, but I've years. I've always been someone that I guess had that feeling in me that I was destined for some something great, you know. And I think somewhere deep down, most people have that, but I think some people completely stifle it, and that's why they don't <laughs> do those things. And it was never stifled for me. I always knew I was like, we're going to do something big. And Brittany kind of had the same thing. So I think, you know, I th- I'm a big mindset person. And I think that kind of speaks to that. I, I think everybody has the dream inside. And yeah. everybody knows since we were made in God's image to thrive. And, to, yeah, and, to, and to create, right? Yeah. yeah. But what happens is you get bogged down being with people that quit dreaming, you know, people that say, Hey, this, this isn't for you. This isn't for me. And, and that's what happens. And, and the one thing that I got, I mean, I've, I've been in the personal development. It took me many years to get into it. And the business, business development was being in rooms like with, with you at the Ty Lopez's or going to the Anthony Robbins, going to the wealth mastery, yeah. going to the UPWs because you're in a room full of people who cares if, if their wealth, who cares your success rate, but they're with people that are saying, I am not who I want to be. And yeah. there's so much more. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Right. And, and that's, that's what really life is about. If, if you're not progressing, like, I think the scariest thing that could happen in life is that you die one day and you see the difference between who you could have become and who you are. At that point, and it's a massive gap. Like I, I think it's a very scary, scary proposition. I want to become who I, I'm meant to be. Well, too, a lot of times people think they've got plenty of time. Tomorrow, tomorrow, they feel yeah. like they're Annie singing that. Oh, I and feel you- like times goes by so fast now, man. And I'm only 36. I, but I feel like the older I get, the more it, it accelerates. So I'm like, man, my parents are like 70. I can't imagine how fast it must feel. Time goes by. Hey, wait, you, you just have a son now. Wait, you'll, you'll see how time flies. I know I mean, he'll be, he'll be driving a car next week. Right? It, it, dude, it, it, exactly. My, my, my daughters are 14 and 16. And I was like, I just remember them like being toddlers. And, and yeah. now, you know, they're, they're driving. They're def- definitely self-sufficient. They're, they're in the personal development and business development now. And That's it's, amazing. It's, yeah. But, but dude, it's, it's all about, it's like I know your son. You're, you're going to put him towards that path a, a oh, lot of times, for yeah. sure. Exactly. I, I said our kid's going to be the kid on the playground that's like somebody's like you're making me mad, and he's going to be like nobody can make you mad but yourself. Like exactly. And then they, they're just going to be like, what the heck? <laughs> you know? your, your kid's going to be like when, when he sees his his friend saying, you know, she made me. She was so angry or I'm so depressed because of what she did. And you're like, why did you give your power away? You yeah, control it. You can change your state just like that. Yeah, that's exactly what he's going to say. That's awesome. But, but that's, dude, you, I mean, I have, we, we give that, that that's a gift to give to our children. And because, that's a, That's an extreme yeah. thing compared to the average person. But like, how extreme is it on the other side? Like everybody being victims about everything and like, like, like that can't happen, you know? Well, dude, my uh, biggest thing, my, my mom is with the masses, doesn't believe in personal development, business development, Anthony Roberts for yeah. Anthony Robbins. Well, yeah. we'll never, ne- never read my book. She bought a copy, but she'll never read it. Never listens to a podcast. And it's, yeah, it, it's, I, I, it, it's not my sob story yeah. because she didn't give me those tools to her. It, it was always, it is what it is. Life yeah. sucks. Deal with it. But if, if you don't have the tools, it's hard to say, yeah, here, here. It's not like, you know, if, if my mom never believed in it, you know, 20 years ago, she wasn't going to be like, well, here, here's a, a Zig Ziglar book. I, I want you to yeah. be a better salesman or, you know, yeah. here, here's a book on communication. That's just something that it, it's, it goes generation and generation, generation. That's why usually poor people stay poor. It, you know, the wealthy, if you're wealthy, you will teach your kids about passive income. You will teach your kids about multiple flows of income. So that, yeah. that's why it's, well, it's like where India, the caste system, technically we were, 
it's all around us because if you and I grew up poor, the odds were that we were going to be poor. Now we're outliers. We're, you know, we're, you know, I, think, I, I, I wonder like how much that statistic has changed now that we live in a day and age where you literally have the information of the world in your hands. Obviously there's some terrible information too, right? Like, um, like for example, one of the things that drives me nuts about money is people that like people that are like scared to use a credit card. I'm like, it's like the craziest thing in the world. I'm like, I'm like credit cards are one of the greatest financial tools you can have. You can like fly all over the place with the money you spend and stuff like that. But I I find it crazy that some people are like so anti-debt or they're just so mistrusting of themselves that they're like, no, I I can't. I'll just use it. Well, it's either they're mistrusting of themselves or they live in scarcity because they believe Dave Ramsey were you know, they took a program or they listened to his podcast or they read a book that says, you know, pay, have zero credit because you're not going to have credit without any debt and just live in existence where you you save for five years to to buy that car, I'm assuming, or, you know, you you pay off the house. And then I guess, I I don't know, do they believe in reverse mortgages or I, I don't know because you know if if you're put if you're sinking especially here in South Florida or any decent place where you the the market's crazy you know imagine trying to pay off with every dime you make pay off your house yeah it's just it's i mean and you get this amazing interest credit of your like i don't know i think it's better to be liquid and and have that flexibility but yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's crazy because you know I went to a, a Christian college, and there was a lot of talk about debt being bad, right? And now I'm just like, I, I think I think people are get scared about what they don't understand. People just think debt is like, oh my goodness, you're paying all this interest and going to go bankrupt and all this stuff instead of realizing that it's leverage, and leverage is the most powerful thing that you can possibly have. Well, leverage is powerful. You need leverage in businesses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if even if you own a franchise, you only own one. It's owning a business. You have to leverage out. Scale. Scale yeah. means leverage. You know, you, you can't copy yourself. But if you, if you have a program in place and you have 10, 12, 13, 14 locations, you're going to make a hell of a lot more money than just one location. Oh, yeah. Right? And but you know the the debt thing, yes, it's a lot. It, it's pigeonholed. Okay, it's like sales. You know how a lot of times we're all in sales. I don't care what what parameter, what business you're in. You're in sales. People say a salesman either sells encyclopedias door to door, knives. They sell timeshare or used cars. They don't see themselves as salesmen. We're all in sales and in debt. A lot of times people are like, well, people, when you get that, it means I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to fly first class. I'm going to go to Nobu. I'm going to just buy whatever I want at Prada and Dolce and throw it on the credit card. And, and that's what they equate debt with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, but also literal, like in the Bible, you know, you're not supposed to. It, it's twofold because you're not supposed to make money off of debt, which, you know, I, I don't know, you know, in, in a little, in the, isn't that in the Old Testament? Uh, is it in the Old Testament? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think they're hold on. Let me see. That's really interesting. Well, even my phone, even my watch wanted to answer that one. That's a good question. It can't be in the Old Testament because I think it's a Christian thing because I think in Judaism, it's okay to make money off the debt. Yeah, it's in Proverbs, I think. But yeah, Look at that, man. We're having a Bible revival here. We're, we're getting down, man. This, man. We should bring out the snakes and... <laughs> <laughs> the faith healing. The faith healing's next. Altar call. The cloth. Man. The cloth. <laughs> Altar call. But no, I, it's, it's, it's your environment too, man, because if... If you if you and I we were in like one of those movie, one of those 
places, those high schools that they show in the movies where, you know, there's drive-bys and whatnot. And if you're in an F-rated public school and everybody's dropping out, it's not like you're thinking, well, you know what? I can't wait to get my high school diploma. I'm going to go away to Columbia University. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it's environment, man. It's a huge part of environment. I, I love the work environment. I love the hour of power. Now, was that created on the spot when you guys first opened? No. Or was that, no? no, most of it didn't. We, we had to figure this thing out. The only thing we knew how to do was sell. So when we started the coma, I still remember being on the phone with one client. <laughs> They're like, they were telling them about our company and all this stuff. We like opened two weeks ago and they're like, Oh, how big are you guys? And I'm just like, Oh, we're pretty good size. It's Brittany and I in our second bedroom of our condo. Right. So, um, you know, didn't, didn't mislead. I just said pretty good size. My opinion, two people is a great size business. right? Hey man, you know what? It, it's all, yeah. it's almost a hundred times bigger or a hundred percent bigger than the average business in this country. Because it's normally just one person. So, you know, exactly. Pretty, pretty a solopreneur, man. Most businesses are solopreneurs. Yeah. So, so we didn't have that. It was really once we got into the business mastery that summer. So, we started the business in January 2018. Once we got to business mastery, that's when we understood, okay, we need to have like systems, processes, all this stuff. And it's funny, everybody we talk to always tells us, they're like, you're doing everything exactly right. Um, and, and it's frustrating because I'm like, I need people to critique me. And we are always just being told like how great the business is and stuff. We even had our board meeting recently and they're like, Oh, the business is great. Like, I was like, tell me something that I can change, you know? So, but well, dude, I mean, coming from, I, I worked in corporate America for a few years, a million years ago. And, you know, it, it's hard to, even if I was at your place for a month, Compared to corporate America in most places, it's hard to find fault, man. I mean, literally, yes, you have to perform. You're not a non-for-profit or you're not a saint or you're not, you know, Disney World. Well, even yeah. you have that profit there. You have numbers. You have high expectations. But because of everything around it, it doesn't seem that way. It actually is a fun environment. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> when I hear incantations and I believe in incantations, I believe in affirmations because yeah. what you say, what you feel you become, it, yeah. you know, it's like that person that says, I suck, I suck, I suck. It's like, congratulations. You're right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I never fool around by saying limiting beliefs, but overall, I mean, I'd, I'd have to say when I was listening to your incantations, it reminds me of, and unleash the power within the fire walking Anthony Robbins. What that's that's where we got it from. But what we did, what was really cool about it was we were like, we had our company values and we've had, we've kept the same company values since we started the company. So we've been very aligned with that, but we knew what our values were. And I was like, what if we turn them into an incantation? Because, um, you know, I, I, it's true what you say you feel, but you have to say it with emotion and you have to be aligned when you're saying these things. I think if you're like, you know, shouting something out, like I'm, I'm amazing, but inside your head, you're like, that's bullshit. You're kind of like canceling it out. So you have to be aligned at least. Um, but yeah. But it's all about alignment and, yeah. and anything. If, if you think you're unworthy, I'm on, you know, deep on within the inside, you, there, there, you can't pretend confidence. You can't pretend success. Yeah. If I feel like I'm unworthy or that I suck, that's going to show up everywhere in my life. That's going to show up in my numbers at work. Yeah, it's true. Now, company values, man, gosh, you know, everybody talks about it, but, you know, solopreneurs, mom and pops, small businesses, they're, they're probably like, Excuse me. And it, it's crazy because we can Google the company values to Starbucks. It's yeah. there to from Grant Cardone, from Anthony Robbins, any major corporation, AT&T, Exxon. It's one of the first things that this is what our company represents. Why do you think that a lot of mom and pops, a lot of solopreneurs are like, what's that? Because they don't, they don't understand it, right? There's, 
There's a difference between being a business owner and a business operator, as you know, right? Um, and most people who have a business are business operators. They're not thinking about how can I, a business is like, the, the business is like a living, breathing thing that's made up of different people with different personalities that all play a different part that create this living thing, right? So I think the problem is people aren't thinking about their business like that. They're just thinking about, oh, I just need to, you know, get the next sale in or whatever. And they're working in the business, but they're not working on the business. And it's when you stop, and and this is this has been something that's really transformed us recently. Um, are you you're, you're probably familiar with the EOS system mm-hmm. for so we we've put focus on EOS now. And we've been running on this for about three quarters now, and it's unbelievable. We just had a record quarter. We're up 70% on last year right now. It's it's unbelievable. So so it's but what that is is it's a system for running the business. And when you have a system, it makes things easy. Because the other reason I think, you know, you mentioned earlier about people's financial knowledge not being good because they keep getting bad information or they're having people um you know talk into their ear what's not what's really interesting for me is i've never had that in my life i've never actually had people um people directly like close to me try to get me to give up on my dreams like maybe like minor little things but nothing like big nobody's ever been like stop like that i've had like you know, like kids in school and stuff like that when I was in high school, but I've never had anybody like literally try to get me to stop that. But what I have had is overanalyzing things. And when you don't have systems in your business, it's really easy to fall into prey of overanalyzing things. And really successful people are good decision makers. They make a quick decision. They get the facts, they do their due diligence, but they do it as quickly as possible. And they make a decision, they stick to it. And I think a lot of people are just scared and it's easier to be in like paralysis analysis, even about something they want to do. They have this goal, they have this dream, and they keep trying to figure out a plan of how to do it instead of just committing and taking the first step. So I think that's a that's another uh, really important thing. And I think, again, I think that's the reason that so many business owners don't think about things like values and systems of that. Now, analysis by paralysis. Really, that's just fear of failure. When you keep yeah. on telling yourself, oh, I'm preparing, I'm preparing, I'm preparing. Yeah, exactly. You know, the person that prepares and never takes action, he's he's never, he's going to prepare the rest of his life. I'd, I'd prefer the person, the incompetent person that keeps on taking action and consistent action. It might be the wrong action, but, you know, odds and statistics say this, this, this guy is over exuberant. This guy's determined and eventually he's going to get it right. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I've never understood this, this fear of failure because, I mean, it, it's ingrained. We read about it. We see it. Like every successful person's like, I've, I've failed this many times, but it's not failure. But why is it, though, in your opinion, that we still, not you and I, but a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, this, this deep fear of failure, like public speaking. I think it's because we have that like primal mind still, right? Our our mind is not made to make us happy. It's made to keep us alive. So I think, I think a lot of times we, we make the worst case scenario way more bad than it is. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, you have a point. Yeah. So, so because we're thinking about survival. So if it's really, really bad and it could kill us, then it's not worth worth trying, right? So people are like, they think about like, oh my God, like financial ruin and all that, like my whole, uh, it's like, no, like even if you like, like there's a, a lot of successful people that have gone bankrupt, right? And I mean, that sounds terrible, right? And I hope that never happens to me, but if it does, you figure it out, you know, like it's just part of the journey. Like this is all a journey. Like I really think like everything in life is happening for a reason. And even when something bad happens, it's happening to teach you something. So if you can go out of everything with, with that, you learn something out of it, you're in an amazing spot, no matter what it is. Exactly. And it's funny because you said that because I, I talked about it in the book, this fear, the fear of rejection is a teenager, is a kid. The, the word no 
Like I couldn't ask out a woman or, well, not a woman at the time, a girl out on a date because it was, yes, my mind would always go worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, the whole school would know the Miami Herald would print up something. <laughs> uh, you know, a banner would fly out over over the beach, over yeah. Miami Beach, saying I got rejected. And it's, it's you know, also it's scarcity, dude, because we laugh about it. Because right now, if I had to tell that, you know, that 14, 15, 16 year old kid, I'd be like, dude, I, it's like, it's that woman's loss. And it's it's just a no, man. There's like a million other women. Who cares? You, uh, you ever wonder, that's such a, but you probably did do that at some point, right? Asked a girl out, obviously, right? So, but you know what's crazy, man? I was thinking about this because that was such a rush as a kid, right? You're like, you're going to go ask, talk to this girl, right? But I was thinking now, like, I wonder if there's a correlation between like, I don't know, like, it seems like people get married way later or they can't find, because I feel like there's no fear anymore. It's just like, I just swipe right or left. And then there's no actual reward for like having the courage to go talk to somebody. It's very expendable mentality that has to mess with people's brains. Well, dude, you're talking about the way you met your wife is organic. That's the way we all meet people. That's the way we all sell. That's the way we communicate. It's crazy. You can actually go to places that you enjoy to find like-minded people. I was just thinking, I wonder if there's a Tinder for friends. You like see it. It's like, oh, I'd be your friend. No, not being friends with that guy's a weirdo. But, but, But think about it. And then now everybody's like, screw that. Are you telling me I have to go out and I have to interact with a woman and I have to like ask her out? Instead, now, you know, it's so much easier. You open up an account, social media, you you, you throw down like 30 year picks. You know, I, I, I can throw down my tw- my my college graduation pick, you know, back in 1996. I can look good. You know, I can say I, I, I'm into he- healing the sick. I, I'm on my way of curing cancer. Uh, I I love, you know, whatever I want to put just to try to attract people. Well, I guess now I can say I'm an author, you know, a public speaker, all, all this stuff, put it out there and, and get dates. But okay, so you just lied your ass off uh, on this thing. Fake pictures, fake profile, fake everything. Yeah. And now you're going to meet someone that's doing the same thing. She's saying how she loves to cook, how she loves animals, how she, you know, she, she loves going to church. She loves doing all these things. And, you know, you go out a couple of times and because, you know, you love her profile pic from 20 years ago or 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And or, then you're or, like, or, it could be a filtered, filtered pics, you know, that, you know, you're like, wow, that's not really you. And then, you know, Okay. It didn't work because literally you both were lying. So yeah, you just go back to your computer. You go on like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more dates with different yeah. people. You don't communicate because you know people don't understand communication is key in everything, man. Selling is building rapport. Selling, communicating is connecting, and that's why you know when you, in my opinion, that's why. People wait to get, oh, I'm getting married. And you're a guy's like 50. And you're like, oh, this must be his second marriage or third marriage. I'm like, no, it's my first time. And it's like, well, congratulations, I guess. But yeah, people, I mean, to me, it's because of that, because of the, the Tinder, the, the eHarmony, the farmersonly.com, the whatever. Farmers only. Yeah. Well, I, I know that from the commercials. I, I you know. Clearly, I don't fit the profile of their market. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can see you in cowboy boots and like a piece of straw in your mouth. You can pull it off. Yeah, go farming. Go farming. I, I, I've I never lived in a small town, though. Well, I, I thought I lived dude, in a small I am town. not a country dude. I do not like the country. I like the beach. I can do a beach house or a mountain cabin. But I am not like a farming type person. That's hard work, man. It's, it's gross. It's gross. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not about that. You're going to love this because I tell people, you know what? You've heard this before. I work hard. And, and that's why they justify, you know, they're, they should be rock stars. And it's like, 
the guy digging ditches, he gets paid 10 bucks, 12 bucks an hour. Well, yeah, 15 yeah. If hard work was the sole determination of success, those guys would be like ruling the world. Might be a better place. Who knows? But I don't know. But, but right. Shouldn't it all shouldn't be like the adage work smarter? I mean, if I if I told you, I'm like, Dave, you know what? I make an honest living. I, I'm making 60K a year, uh, seven days a week. And I bust my ass. <laughs> my whole body aches. But, you know, one day it's going to fall apart. But it's a good, you know, it's a good living. I bust ass. And it's like, yeah, but wouldn't it be easier if you had some, you scale out, you, you learn how to do something that you can monetize that you, you know, yeah. you, you can have a family, you, you, you can see your children grow up instead of saying, oh, well, hey, honey, just, just tell me what happened at your soccer game or your basketball game. You know, dad has to work till like, you know, 10 p.m. tonight. Yeah. Yeah, man. Now, okay, your business partner. I, I mean, I, I, I was married to my business partner for 16, 18 years. Clearly, that, that's a lot of stress, dude. How, how, how do you guys handle that? both being partners in a marriage? You guys have been together for a long time. You met in college. It's going to be 15 years um, in less than a month, man. College sweethearts. So yeah. All of a sudden, you guys are building your own empire, according to Elena. Cardinal. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's it's interesting. I think what works good for Britt and I is we understand what each other is good at. So um, we both, Brittany's more like organized and structured, but I'm more of a visionary. And it's worked really good with EOS because another thing that Brittany's better at is I'm, because I'm such a highly driven individual, I kind of get annoyed when people just don't do like basic shit they're supposed to do. Right. And I'm not, because of that, I don't feel like I'm a good manager. I'm a good leader and management has been a skill that I've improved on. And I realize it's a weakness of mine, but I'm not a good manager. I have a great management team and they're very good at managing people and I'm getting better at it. But what's been good with EOS is Brittany is what they call the integrator. So all of our leadership actually reports into her and I'm what's called the visionary. So I, there's a lot of stuff that I don't get involved in, but I get involved in kind of the culture, the important, I'm, I'm still heavily involved in the finance department. However, in true EOS, the finance person would probably report to the integrator, not me. Um, but it, that has, that has helped us too, because it's, it's really helped us see exactly what we're responsible for. Being a leader, it's because you have a great vision and you can see yeah, the skyline. You can see the whole force, but I I believe when you said it, the manager the managerial task is because it's hard for you to relate. It's hard for you to relate to somebody that's lazy, that's living day to day, that that doesn't sweat the small stuff, that doesn't sweat pretty much anything. Yeah, because you. It's hard for you because you're always functioning at a higher level than, you know, you, you don't fun, you can't relate or understand to the person that's hating on Mondays or posting, hey, it's Friday. I'm so glad I, I, I get to do nothing for two days. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I think sometimes like high achievers, we don't always give ourselves credit for, you know, all we do. Like I think about it, it's like before I even get to the office three days a week. I've worked out for an hour. I've stretched for 30 minutes. I've meditated. I've practiced Spanish because I have a son that only speaks Spanish. Uh, you know, like I've done a lot of, I've, you know, taken supplements and things for my health. It's like a lot of stuff. And it's like nine in the morning, right? There's a lot of stuff that most people don't even, if they did all that in a day only, it would be a really successful day, right? And that's just like my personal kind of morning routine life. So, yeah, I think sometimes, you know, I think we don't always give ourselves enough credit for all we do, right? But a lot of times it's people say it's time, but so many people just piss time away, man. It's, it's, it's not, and you can't buy a time management system 
and give it to somebody that's like already wanting to watch TV for four hours a day, two hours of Facebook and just shooting the shit at the bar for like two, three hours, you know, after, after work, it's, I mean, I mean, if, if that's what you want to do and that truly gives you joy, you need to, you need to get yourself into a place where you can do that. And it's like, whatever. I I don't think though, if you're wasting a lot of time doing things like that, you're going to feel unfulfilled. I think you can have a combination. I think that you definitely need time though, where you can just do something mindless that you enjoy doing. Like for instance, for me, this sounds really weird. And a lot of people would not be good with this, but I, I like playing Xbox. So I don't do it every single day, but I'll carve out like, you know, a couple hours, one night a week or something after the family's gone to bed and just chill. And for me, it's mindless. It's got zero, um, it's got zero impact on my success, but it really feels good to kick someone's ass online. <laughs> That's like stress relief for you though, man. A yeah. lot of times the people that are complaining that they don't have enough time or I, yeah, sure. I'll go work out. I don't have enough time in the day to do that. I don't have enough time to to read a book. I don't have enough time. You, you hear it from, but, but then yet they're the first ones bitching and complaining. And I, I break reality down. I'm like, well, if Elon Musk at one time and Jack Dorsey at one time ran two publicly traded corporations and, you know, still have still found time to date or marry and all, all that, it's like, well, why don't you have enough time? That's the other thing that I think people like miss too. People talk about time so much. And I think if you ask everybody what's more important, time or money, even like people very uneducated know time is more important than money. But the thing is, whenever people have the ability to even buy back some other time, a lot of time people are scared to do so. And that blows my mind because it's like... Like I have a house now. When I grew up, my parents cut their grass all the time. I will never cut my grass. I could probably do a fantastic job cutting my grass. Amazing. I bet it would look perfect. But like, why am I going to spend my time cutting my grass? I'm not passionate about grass. I'm not, no, I don't. I don't want to spend my time doing that. So I pick, you don't spend two hours a, on a Saturday washing your car and detailing it? Hell no. No. And you know, it's amazing. The office I work at for $35, man, there are office space here. They have a car wash service. So for $35, they'll do all that. And guess what? It happens while I'm working. So I just put it there when I get to work and then I take it home It's washed, and nothing changed in my day at all. I love things like that. Like that's the greatest thing for, for saving time. Things like that. You're, you're going to laugh. This, this was like about a year ago. Took my daughter's skiing out in steamboat and there was a sign like at the ski lift it said and they would ask people this because time and money would you give up one year each year you can give up 10 years for forty thousand dollars a year and the majority of people were like oh yeah for 40k so could you imagine if i'm like dave i'll give you two I'll give you 80K, but you give me two years of, of your life. Hell no. This is, dude, that doesn't even make sense. Because if you think about it, even somebody that makes $40,000 a year, they're, they're still only working one third of, less than one third of their life, right? Because you only work five days a week and you only work one third of a day, eight hours on average, right? So they're they're not even giving up a year for of their time for, for that pay. So... Oh my God, that's crazy to think. But yeah, and, and here, here, here were the ski operators. They they wrote it down. They thought it was like a like a mind blowing question. And I was like, that's stupid. Because I mean, if the average income for America is like what fifty two thousand dollars a year, so you're you're giving up. If some if if you know the Grim Reaper is like, hey, you know what? I know you're a little short of of liquid funds right now. How about if I I give you 100 120k, but you know you're gonna have to give me three years. I'm like, dude, money can be manufactured. Money you can you can become a a millionaire just overnight. It doesn't take much time. That's the other lie about money. So many people think it takes years and years and years and years to accumulate. It doesn't. 
if you're smart, it happens very fast. I mean, if people have the time to social media stock their exes and their ex companies, all you have to do, and it's it's not. I mean, don't buy the program. The guy's like, I'm mowing lawn. I was mowing lawns six months ago and cleaning pools, and now I'm living in a mansion because you know that guy's lying. But you know, there's stories on reputable news sources of guys that within you know two three years is making you know millions upon millions of dollars. I, yeah. I know you didn't go to GC's um, 10X, but this is a, an amazing story. They brought up on stage 16-year-old kid, two 16-year-old brothers that started their own landscaping business. And then within overnight... Cardone gets a lot of landscapers. Huh? There's always landscapers and roofers at his events. I, I don't anyway, know why. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I'm like, why are these roofers? I mean, maybe maybe I, I should have opened up a landscaping business. <laughs> but that that's really a good question because you 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 brought a valid point that 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 he does get a lot roofers. But, but you wouldn't think that you know a, a blue collar industry like that. But you know, just right there, if two kids can solve a problem and they're 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 make they're clearing like a million dollars, these two 16 year old kids because. They implemented scaling and they got, it wasn't like just the two of them were pushing a lawnmower down, you know, the neighborhood. They just got a bunch of people to work for them. And, you know, lo and behold, scale. I mean, if they can do it, then my question to people is you've got two teenagers, but you don't have enough time to go work out. You don't have enough time to meditate. You don't have enough time to write a an action plan. You know, you're, this is your life, man. Create your own yeah. blueprint. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what people spend their time on sometimes, but I always figure out a way with time. man. I realize it's important. I figure out a way. I don't even feel like since having the sun, I know I probably, it seems like I have less time, but I do not feel like, like I really do. Well, I've, it's funny. Dude. You, you said, okay, once a week, it was almost like, well, this is my guilty pleasure, but you're going playing Xbox. But man, the thing is, is most people that do that aren't just playing one day a week. <clears throat> most people, you know, come home, they don't understand why their their marriage sucks because they don't give time to their marriage, don't give time to their kids, they'll give time to whatever vice, and yeah. that's it. I mean, you find you create time for your son. Yeah. For Brittany, for your company, and in your you time, you make you give yourself more years to live because you are living a healthy, active lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I, not not only do I see it when I see you in person, but I see it in your social media feed. So there's there's time, man. If you if you want to if you want to create time, I mean, clearly find the time to work out. And less time eating like, you know, the golden arches and all the other amazing things. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, man, so where do, you, where do you actually, and where do you want to see yourself? Yourself as a businessman, yourself as a father, yourself as a husband a couple of years from now. Because if I say 10 years from now, uh, knowing you, you're a billionaire. So let, let's go just a few years out. So our goal is to sell focus um, somewhere in 2025. So what we're 2022 right now. So it's like three more years. So that is the goal. Um, it's been the goal from the very beginning. Um, so I'm a creative person. I am an entrepreneur. Um, I think what's going to happen, you, you know, we have another business that we're working on right now. The, uh, the LinkedIn business. So, I'm a partner, of course. I, 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 I love this guy so much. I believe in, in Dave so much. I'm an investor. So so we're working on on getting that off the ground. So I I see myself, you know, when that happens, when focus goes, um, I see taking some time to just kind of, you know, having a business, Ty, Ty said it all the time, right? You, you take some brain damage having a business. It's not always easy. It really is going to push you to the limits. And that's why I don't think it's for everybody. 
I, you, and you don't need a business to become wealthy. For some people, if you're if you're if you have high anxiety, which we know is a huge thing nowadays, don't start a business. You will absolutely like you'll be panic attacking every other day. Okay, so businesses are not for everybody. But for me, I know this is something that I love. So I think I probably take like six months off, travel the world. I got to do kind of like a travel the world before we moved down to Florida. And it was 10 weeks. We traveled around seven countries on the other side of the world, which was amazing. We started, in J- we went to Japan, China, Vietnam, Bali, Australia, New Zealand, and finished in Bora Bora. This was five years ago. Um, I was actually on the trip at this time. So it was amazing. And it was our 10 year anniversary then. So now we're going into our 15 year anniversary. And um, so just do that, but like for six months with, with Aimir, let him see the world and then figure out what to do next. But, you know, I've, I've met so many cool people. I think, I think what I'd want to do next is I want to do something that is going to have a major impact on people. And I, I, and I love the idea of just like finding a huge problem in the world and and tackling it. Like, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's something that, you know, we can solve a big problem. Maybe in health. I like biotech a lot. It's a growing market. And technology. You know what? It's mind-blowing. And it, it's coming out my second book. I'm almost done. You spoke about having an exit strategy. And, yeah. and that's, that's like a, a forward thinker. Because most entrepreneurs never have an exit strategy. And to me, yeah. it's always it should be your first thing that you think about when you open up your business is an exit strategy. Why do you think people don't, especially entrepreneurs? I think, again, it's like most people don't know what they're doing, right? They think, oh my goodness, if I start my own business, I'm going to have a bunch of free time and and, uh, and all this stuff. It's not... I, I, I hear it all the time. Though. I could have a ton of money and a bunch of free time if I start my own business. And that is not the way it works. That's like saying I'm going to get like like have a child to have more free time. Like, it's not like that. You literally have, it's, it's like having a child. So you can't do that. I mean, if you want a hobby, fine, but a hobby is not going to get you paid. Like you need to dedicate a lot of time to this thing. It becomes a part of you. So I think that's why, because people, they get in for that reason. They don't have any idea. And then all of a sudden they're like sucked in and then they're consumed by it. And maybe they get lucky and start making a bit of money and then they quit their job and then their best customer drops and they're (laughs) having a panic attack. Right. So (laughs) a lot of stuff that happens or you get sued, you get sued and then you're like, Oh my God, I've been sued. And all you will know about lawsuits is what you've heard. The worst case scenario, I'm going to go broke. Everything's going to be gone. Or, or, or you have to love this. Well, Amir is going to want the company. You, you hear this from a lot of people, you know, it's like, oh, no, he won't. <laughs> do you see? But, you, but, but you're, you're, you do hear that from right? a lot of people. You, you know how many people, it, it's like people would ask me, you know, like, like they're expecting me to say, yes, I want, I want my daughters to be in the family business. No, it, it it's this narcissistic thing that, you know, entrepreneurs, oh, I'm going to will this to my kids. Well, it's like willing timeshare, man. How do you know they want the headaches? How do you know yeah. they want the, the sooner the sooner that you can exit a business for an appropriate amount of money, the better. Because you never know when something could come along and take that business out. I don't think they've been talking for years about things taking out the recruitment industry. First, it was monster.com. Oh my God, it's going to take us out. It's the scary monster, right? And then LinkedIn was going to take it out. And it's like, I mean, maybe one day when you have like actual AI computers that can call people and do every single thing that we do, but that's a long way from, from there because a computer can't build rapport. I mean, maybe in the future, but right now I don't think it can. I mean, the only thing computers are doing right now is they're asking me to quantify and to qualify myself as a human to bypass the computers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's true. But, but, you know, once again, you said it best. Communication. A yeah. machine can't communicate. It, it, can't, it cannot build rapport. Yeah. It cannot go above and beyond. What, you know, and I, I mean, there, there are times when that might be valuable, right? Like I was saying, with salespeople, 
Like you could, uh, and I always think about this because I like technology and I like AI and stuff. But imagine if you like had a computer that could, could perfectly do a sales pitch and you wouldn't know if it was a person, but every single objection you said, it knew exactly what to say. Like, yeah, but it, for, for something like that, could, could you imagine Grant Cardone would be selling, he, he'd probably buy that and like, you know, that would be part of like Cardone University or, you know, a sales technique for car salesmen. Like, uh, like to to have a program, just like have like a thousand objections and go after each and every one person. They'll they'll get um, you know, they'll get flustered, and then they won't. They'll they'll be like, oh my goodness, this person said this. So they might like come back on the objection one time, but like two or three, then they like the emotions get involved. If you had a computer though, the computer would just keep saying what it's supposed to say. It wouldn't matter how, how many times you objected. Yeah. But the emotions, dude. Okay. The first couple of times of hearing, no, asking out a girl, asking for a sale, selling stocks, selling bonds, selling insurance, did all that. Yes. The objections. Yes. The emotions, but that's something that a computer can't take, man. Yeah, it, it's there. It's cold. It's binary, whatnot. But after a while, we're we're not born great salesmen. We're not born great to communicate. What happens is the more you do it, the more you hear no, the, the more doors slammed in your face, the more you have to deal with the Karens and the crazies and the people that because you know no no training, no role playing. Because I, I remember when I was working for Edward Jones selling stocks, you know, role play, be the mean guy. Well, you know, oh, no, I'm not interested. That's not how the real world works. Somebody's going to be screaming F bombs and, and telling you to go yeah, F yourself. Hear, yeah, I, I hear you, man. It's funny. So, yeah, that, that's that's the, the reality is you become a best, you become better or you become great at sales after the thousands of times people tell you to go F off. Oh, no, I'm not interested. Or let me speak to, oh, I, I need my wife. I need my husband for the decision or, or to make this decision. And, you know, that that's it, it's great because, you know, yeah, role playing can get you so far, man, but you have to have skin in the game. You have to actually immerse yourself. You have to get on the phone. Yeah, I agree. So what are any big, huge Easter plans for Amir? So our church does this Easter egg drop, which is going to be exciting. I think they dropped like 40,000 eggs or something out of a helicopter. I feel like Greg Cardone's helicopter or (laughs) no, I feel like that's a liability though, man. I'd be like just dropping stuff out of the sky. What if it hits someone in the head? I was going to say, I thought it's real windy, like, you know, California windy or something like that. And these blow over into like I-95 blow over. (laughs) Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Yeah. All the way to I-95. Oh man, that this reminds dude, dude. It's it's funny because I love the church, but sometimes they do some things that could potentially. I don't know. I'm sure this one's completely safe, but I got to tell you a funny story. So when I was in college, this uh, this church that we went to in Oklahoma decided to start doing this thing called Fight Night, where they set up a boxing ring and you could sign up to box. <laughs> Just random par- parishioners, random people. Yeah. So if I, if I was like, hey, it's Friday night. Yeah, and I even went to one. It was fun to watch, right? And then, um, and then somebody died. Well, well, yeah, that that always puts a damper on things. I, I know, man. I was just like, but but I think about it now as a business owner, who's you think I think about risk all the time, and I'm like, did nobody think that this might happen? Like that the liability would be high. Yeah, yeah, but if if you're a churchgoer, you know, you, you've heard about. Lazarus, you know, Jesus. So, you know, you you think worst case scenario, you're in a safe place, you know? (laughs) You'd hope so. Uh, Dude, I I love you. Man, I I have to say, and uh, you know, I I tell you, I tell Brittany, I love you guys. And love you too. It it was an honor to have you. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll bust bust your balls for signing me up for for being with Ty Lopez for for a year, but you know I I, I love you like family, man. 
Yeah, it was good, man. No, thank you, bro. It's been good. And I'm looking forward to hearing this once it's uh, cut and, and on the on the iTunes. Oh, it, it will, man. It will. I'm, I'm like you. I'm, well, no, I'm a, you're you're the PT Barnum when it comes to marketing. I'm, I'm somewhere beneath you, man. So <laughs> just, just one day. Hey, I, and like I said, and, and this is we, we better have dinner. You, me, Brent, Amir. Before this airs, and this usually, this will air like six weeks from now. So. Yeah, for sure. We could probably do the week after um, this coming one because Brittany's got the EOS conference in Orlando, so we're going. I may or may not take Imir to something there with all the theme parks and stuff, but we'll see. You have to, man. That, that that's like your and, and trust me, you're gonna hate it, but you have to. That, that that's where you get your war wounds, dude. That's when you can officially say. But when you hate life and, and you're standing in a two-hour line and you're you're paying the four-dollar Dasani and the sun is beating down on you, and, and the, the kid has like he's like the energizer bunny, he doesn't care, he'll be there for all 14 hours and you're, you're and he throws up all over himself or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and you're oh. you're in a two-hour line for like a 20-second a ride, then uh-huh. then you 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 deserve a medal. All righty, brother. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. This was great. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks. Love you. Take care. Oh my gosh. I am so proud of you. You accomplished something. You know, most people buy books and they don't read the whole book, not even on Audible. They'll maybe read, they'll dabble a chapter or two, but they won't go to the distance. And you know what? Congratulations. The same thing with podcasts. 2.8 million podcasts. You selected this one. We're like-minded people and you reach the end. You know what? Did you sign up for that webinar? You know which one I'm talking about. Omar Medrano, O-M-A-R-M-E-D-R-A-N-O.com backslash webinar backslash. It's just ask for it. It's a whole new way of approaching sales. Been there, done that. Enough of the bullpens. Enough of calling two, three hundred calls. Enough of stressing. Enough of being all bent and twisted, chasing people, chasing leads. Up at night, wondering where and when am I going to get the next sale? Because you know what? Tomorrow, just like in life, you start out at zero. This just ask for it. It'll double your referrals, triple your leads, quadruple your sales. And you know what? The best part about this webinar is it's free. Omar, O-M-A-R, Medrano.com, backslash, webinar, backslash. You know what? If you can't spell my name, just go omarmedrano.com. You'll find me. We found each other. You were meant for so much more. Thank you. Have an outstanding rest of your week. I never told no one that... My whole life I've been holding back Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold Like why you chasing dreams, aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think Good thoughts in your mind Is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What if it did? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.